my name is Andrew Newby, and I'm hosting a series of iResearch Services podcasts over the coming weeks. These are intended to educate senior level marketers and thought leaders as to how to address some of the more challenging and exciting issues facing them currently. Our topic today is that of agile practices and behaviours. And with that, I'd like to welcome today's guest expert, Carl Smith. Carl Smith is a fellow of the British Computer Society. He mainly works as an interim consultant, CIO, CTO, or CXO, but also joins companies on a path to deliver the change they are seeking. He has a track record since 1989 of designing, launching, and delivering global and national new business models, organizational designs, professional services, capabilities, and client services, working with venture capitalists, consulting companies, or being hired directly by clients. Carl has been a non-partisan UK government advisor since 2008, and in November 2017, spoke on a panel in the House of Lords in regard to psychology around fake news. Carl has always been fascinated by how technology can augment the lives of humans. To quote Carl directly, my desire was not to build things that humans already do, but to find out how technology could evolve our human experience. Carl Smith, Carl, welcome and thank you for sharing your insights with our listeners. Thank you. It's really nice to be here. Um, so just to start off, Carl, can you give our listeners a, an overview of what precisely Agile principles are? Um, you signed the Agile Manifesto in 2008, but um, you've been working in this area um, well before that, since 2003, I believe. Yes, yeah, so Agile's been around since 2001 and actually is a, is a thought projection of how we can work better together. I think one of the things that's really become clear over the years is that we've got too entrenched in what we do for a living and, and we've forgotten how to work together to be effective. And the Agile Manifesto was really about moving away from control situations and systems and more into how do we get through the work quickly? How do we get through it effectively? How do we deliver something? Uh, and that's what the manifesto is focused on. Um, so it's, it's not focused on um, documents, it's focused on people talking. It's, it's, it's a very uh, amazing change of direction for business. And actually it really does challenge entrenched organizations. So I, I, I don't know, there are loads of principles of it. So. It's, yeah. <laughs> So just just um, just getting a summary um, of of what agile means. It it, it um, puts individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Yes. Uh, working software over comprehensive documentation. And I'm reading sort of yeah, some yeah. summary of the manifesto here. Um, customer collaboration over contract negotiation, and responding to change over following a plan. Yes. So it, it's not a single thing, but a, a set of practices and behaviors. Yeah, um, and mindsets as well. Because I think the, the other thing is it's, it's very easy to say we're going to adopt Agile, but actually it means changing how we think about things and value things. Uh, and right. that, that's quite a challenge for people who've spent the last 40 years building a career around one set of values. And now we're asking them to engage with a new set. So how do you think... Uh, what do you think the impact of Agile will be on, on uh, for the, the purposes of this podcast, marketing uh, and marketing departments? 
So I think I think the the first thing to say is agile uh, exists in a number of different formats, and a marketing department may adopt agile in and for its own use, i.e., to uh, facilitate better coordination within the department, to understand and value the various different skill sets in a marketing department, and to deliver its work more quickly. Uh, with more transparency and therefore um, to gain more value and establish a better working routine than handing work from one person to the other. Um, it, it will also affect marketing if the organization adopts a scaled approach to Agile, which is uh, to actually change the entire organization. I think one of the, the things that marketing people feel, and I don't know if they still do or not, what they used to feel was that they, they spent most of the time fixing badly conceived business ideas and uh, products. Uh, and with Scaled Agile, the uh, intent then is to bring uh, marketing uh, along with uh, design and engineering to the top table. Uh, not merely to talk about budgets, but to talk about what are we working on and why. Uh, and does it actually, uh, in, the, in the scope of marketing, fit the brand equity that already exists, or does it challenge it? You know, are these things uh, that are going to be built or produced by the company things that represent the company as it currently stands? Is it a divergent behavior? Um, is it something that actually shouldn't be done? Or is it something that is absolutely core to how the company is understood outside? And I think that's quite an interesting opportunity for marketing. And, and a challenging one. Um, so marketing um, is not just a, a separate input into, into a process or product. Um, it, it, it should be spread across an organization, not, not, not just be the sort of end bit. Yeah, so, that, so I, think, I think along with other currently um, unique uh, capabilities in an organization that uh, act upon the work at a certain stage in a scaled agile environment marketing would be involved all the way through uh, but different kinds of marketing you know there there is this strategic uh, brand equity uh, marketing mm -hmm. discussion which is a very senior discussion about the strategy for the organization which then leads into uh, the overall business strategy um, uh, but also, you know, further down, once you get to programs and projects, you're talking about uh, suites of products, you're talking about individual products, you're talking about individual sets of behaviors, you're talking about individual markets. And as you get down to that level, it's a different kind of marketing we're talking about. Right. But I think that's, that's the, what a lot of the uh, marketing at the moment does is as it actually is a catch organization, it catches things as it comes through instead of instigating and refining at the top level at, at the portfolio level and that's the real opportunity that agile affords marketing is actually to be involved at the top table uh, beyond budget discussions and actually talk about the strategy and how it's implemented right is there any um particular approach carl that has the most value for marketing specifically there's a sort of all sorts of frameworks and activities for agile scrum less so i think I, man. yeah so yeah sorry um so i think i think scaled agile offers the most opportunity 
but I think it's it's horses for courses. I don't think it's fair to say that there is one panacea for an mm. organisation. Um, that uh, would be wrong in in the strangest and hardest of sense because actually organisations are all individual. Otherwise, they wouldn't need to exist. Uh, so I think there's a there is a a review of how agile may be adopted and what benefit or outcome values is actually going to be achieved you know there are some companies now who are adopting agile across the whole organization and completely re um, structuring their organizations around the work so instead of uh, saying that we have uh, 60 specialist organizations each focused on what they do and we hand work from one to the other what they're saying is we now have the work that provides an outcome to the customers and hence a financial benefit to the business. Let's bring in all of the people necessary to, to make that happen. So instead of marketing people being in their departments away from that, there would be a couple of marketing people in that piece of work all the way through. Uh, and I think that's, that's um, a, a, an adoption of scaled agile. I, I think even to the, the lesser component level of adopting Kanban just to see what's happening in the department, uh, huge savings can be made in terms of effort. I often find when I've worked with digital agencies that the same agency is doing the same project for 10 different clients, but because they're so siloed, mm. they don't take advantage of what they've learned from the other pieces of work going on. And I, I, I'm assuming the same is true of marketing. There are certain things that you need to do in marketing and certain opportunities that are made available. Uh, however, they tend to be much focused on a product or service and therefore making them available to all products and services um, would actually certainly save a lot of time and allow uh, the creative efforts for something unique where required rather than reinventing everything every time. Sure. I mean, we can come on to sort of examples and, sort of, um, and and you have many, I'm sure, in a minute. But just in terms of change and getting rid of these silos, I guess sort of there's always this sort of, um, element of conflict that, that can arise, especially when you've got creatives involved. So um, I guess my question would be, um, how can agile support marketing teams um particularly at the moment uh which need to prioritize and and refocus quickly you know if you're the easy jet marketing team um yeah how can agile support very quick change um, so i think i think one of the uh interesting things is is the way we've built businesses is to allocate people to funds and those funds are based around an output and often uh, organizations will continue to pay for that output even when they know it will deliver nothing um, and those people their time will be squandered and that money will be mm. wasted um, and actually one of the things that agile does is it, it rolls up uh, to a higher level view all the work and says uh, what is the next thing that will add value to the organization and there's something called weighted um, um, shortest job first so you look at the weighting of the job to see how much benefit it brings the organization and you see how quickly it will give you that benefit and you do that piece first. Um, and that way, 
instead of organizing around grand uh, plans, TV advertising, um, shorts in movies or product placements, or all these sort of things, um, what is the thing that will give you the, the value you need the quickest? and focus on that and focus people on that. Now you still need to do these long-term pieces of work as well, but you have to value them against what value they bring to the organization. And that is a, it's a much harder way to do things initially, but once you're doing it, it's very easy and it allows uh, organizations to quickly refocus and it's what's used in DevOps. So where you have development and operations together Mm. Um, so uh, I, I don't know if there's a marketing ops view of the world, but that that would be what it would be. It would be taking the opportunity to do the most valuable piece of work first, um, and being able to flex uh, and redirect uh, on on a day. You know, something can happen in a day that can completely um, change the direction of a business. Uh, if you don't know where all the moving parts are, you it takes a long time to change direction. It's like an oil tanker. You know, can you imagine an oil tanker will take hours and hours to change direction because it's huge because it's focused and it's got momentum. Um, think of it more like uh, agile makes, makes your organization more like a speedboat. Uh, it doesn't matter how big it is. If you know where all the moving parts are, you can move them into the right focus very, very quickly. Right. I, I think for the, the analogy of a, um, a tanker, an oil tanker, I, I guess, could put bank or any large um, company. Could you perhaps sort of, because we've been talking in general terms, um, could you sort of just give some examples or an example of from your own experience of so, so an act change? So I actually did this project with a bank, uh, two banks actually in the same group. Uh, and the objective was to be able to change the direction of the entire bank every 30 days, um, every increment, um, yeah. uh, if necessary. I think that's the point. Was that it's, and actually, um, on the program increment planning, which is a 90-day ceremony, be able to say, let's work on this, not work on that, and actually be able to drop work. Now, that meant changing how finance ran in the organization. That meant changing uh, how uh, risk was managed. It meant changing uh, the relationship to work so that people were not in separate departments anymore, but they were focused on a subject area, for instance, um, owning a home. Uh, owning a home requires technology. Uh, because it requires forms and things. It requires um, very, very smart uh, mathematical people to understand risk and insurance. Mm -hmm. And it requires um, lots of processing within an organization to ensure that everything is done correctly. Uh, it requires a long-term view because you're talking sort of 30 years. Um, it requires um, the release of funds. It requires transfer of funds. It's, there's, there's lots of complexity in there. But actually, instead of having those people doing 10 different areas, uh, say a department with 10 people that would, some of those might operate in home buying, um, just the two that normally do operate full time in home buying, they're fully committed and fully focused. Mm -hmm. That means that uh, their time is always available. And if they don't have specific work in that area at that time, uh, they could do, be doing training or research instead of being unavailable when they, when needed. 
And I think that's, a, again, about changing what is work. Work is not spending time doing things. Work is progressing an idea or concept from that state of being um, thought into the state of being value. And right. it's, it's more than just solving a problem. Yes, it's, it's actually realizing value for the organization. So it's because it's, a lot yeah. of companies will think about, you know, I've done my bit. Well, you haven't finished your bit until your bit adds value to the organization. A lot of organizations have, are very uh, heavy with uh, support staff. You know, for in some organizations, it's for every 10 people, seven people are support workers. And there's only three people actually making any money for the organization. Now, that's because, yeah. well, that's, that's just the way we have built business because we've created these silos because we think that's a better way to work. Um, and, and it deals with the huge levels of risk and complexity. Um, but more and more organizations are, are not needing managers because actually, you know, I think when that kind of structure first came about, it was sort of industrial revolution age when you were getting workers from the countryside who needed someone to oversee them to make sure they did their jobs. Hmm. Um, and we, we don't really have that anymore. We've got professional classes of people who are used to working. They get paid to work and quite a lot of them like working. So actually having 10 managers above them to tell them to work is not really very efficient. Yeah. What, what sort of um, time period are we talking here? Well, Carl, in terms of, I guess there are different sort of sorts of payoff in terms of when you sort of, I know obviously it depends on the industry yeah. and the company, but is, is there a typical payoff period? Short so, so you should get a payoff from agile in the first two weeks. Wow. That, <laughs> that if you're not getting a payoff from agile in the first iteration, then you're doing it wrong. Um, agile is intended to deliver value. Um, and now that value might not be um, up in lights value, but it will be a value. And it will be a value that you set when you started. You won't be getting unplanned outcomes. You'll be getting planned outcomes. And as you get better at it, you'll get more and more planned outcomes, but you'll get them every iteration. And that, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I've, I've worked in software organizations. I worked with one, they've been working on something for 18 months and never had a delivery never they've never delivered anything um and they, they were really good workers um they didn't have a formal way to discuss uh what they were working on or to define what delivery should be and what i did was uh i put in a one win one week iteration and within the first week we delivered we didn't deliver the final product but we delivered enough to know that we were on the right track and we deliver the final product in six weeks. Wow. So it really works. It isn't just another fad. Well, it, I think it can, could be a fad for some people. I think the, the thing is, as, and I, I say to a lot of people, mm. one of the artifacts of uh, behaviors of uh, Agile is to doing stand-ups. And um, if you do stand-ups, but you don't do points poker, well, I'll explain that a bit more in a second, mm -hmm. uh, you're basically declaring you don't have a chair. So having the, having the behavior of doing stand-ups without having all the other bits and pieces is a waste of time and effort. 
Uh, points poker is where you get all the people with the skills to deliver a product or service in a room and you break it down by complexity so that everyone understands what firstly what everyone else does and it's common in organizations people don't actually know what other people do that adds value to what the product or service is um, and um, you break it down by complexity not time because what you're trying to do is understand um, how to order things how to prioritize things you know in, in a major program in a bank you might be looking at something that could take six years to deliver it in a normal process um, if you did it in an agile way and broke it down into the right components or the right pieces um, it, you may get your first delivery in six weeks uh, and that's but that needs to be understood relative to all of the participants in it all of the skills that are required to deliver it all right so so making marketing we're talking about marketing <laughs> specifically um making it agile it, it's really about changing the the whole organization and the way its focus the way it prioritizes if it prioritized at all mm -hmm. for um so so yeah my, my i guess what in concrete terms if you're just bearing in mind that this marketing podcast that what are the payoffs what benefits should businesses be seeing um and also what are the risks what are the risks created now how can they be mitigated okay so uh i'll deal with the risk first because uh most people think about that last so the risks <laughs> are um um trying to apply it uh, as a magic bullet and it's not you know there are some pieces of work that will never be agile ever uh, uh, because um they cannot have uh that level of free flow they need to be very guarded and very controlled um so uh, again sorry working with the bank uh, they were doing a mifid uh, which is a regulatory control mechanism um that they have to comply with mm. they can't do that in an agile way because it, it needs to meet certain gateways by the regulators at the certain times and you can't say to the regulator oh we'll we'll deliver it next iteration that is not acceptable so it needs to have a much more structured uh format um some of the benefits would be that probably all of the planning that currently exists is wrong uh it's, it's far too padded with time mm. because and 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 rather than what what people tend to do in, in these transformations they don't take on the whole organization they take on a piece and they deliver that first and that sh shows a template of how the organization can change mm. anyone that says we'll change your whole organization is is someone that's probably got shares in your competitor um mm. because they're about to cripple you for life it's it's the, the thing is that these frameworks are really helpful but they are not the answer they are a guidance point um right. certainly in the the transformations i've done so far i've never applied any of them absolutely because the organizations themselves are unique and it's the organizations that we're trying to make agile we're not trying to turn them into an agile business they themselves have a unique offering and we need to work out which parts of that offering are the products or services and which parts are the unique people within the organization that we need to facilitate to maintain their outputs 
and that's really important it's, you, it's not a cookie cutter so i think the the real value is to be able to very quickly get to uh, the advantage of the company um, and very quickly actually deliver value um, uh, pound shillings and pence i believe the term is although i, I don't remember shillings and uh, myself um, but actually um, getting financial value um, I know of uh, an IT organization that saved 76 million pounds in eight months. Um, so that's that's uh, not a small amount of change, uh, of, of financial change, but you know it, it required rethinking how the work was being done. Yeah. And that rethinking is based around understanding that the people who do the work are the ones that understand it better than people who are um, pushing the work through so you get them involved in defining what timelines are uh, how much complexity there is and what what big pieces should be done when right so uh, a benefit as well as a a, a risk is that um, if you can identify where value is being added uh, and where it is not then um, that implies a certain level of, or complete level of transparency within an organization yes it's it back to the conflict so so the conflicting piece is um the gray area in business and, and people like to hide what they do because they're it's you know i think we everyone has it that everyone has imposter syndrome mm. everyone everyone thinks that they're an imposter for doing their actual job because maybe they're not doing it as good as someone else is doing it um and uh you know, Agile does expose how everything works. It doesn't expose how people work, but it exposes uh, how long things take. Um, and how long things take is a huge amount of money for an organization. Um, and it also exposes whether or not that thing's been done before and no one's employed the existing method of doing it. So it's, it's, um, it gets rid of a lot of waste. Um, it, it does create conflicts because there are people who actually want to carry on working uh, the old way and carry on wasting time and not doing anything. That, that's, that's normal. Uh, but there are other people in an organization who see it as a breath of fresh air who finally get to have an impact based around their passion for their work. Um, I don't have an answer to the conflict. Um, I know that uh, I think it was... One of the big banks said that they were going to lose 13,000 people uh, and employ 8,000 new people because they realized that when they did their agile transformation, people were intransigent and unable to change their working practices. So they were going to get rid of all of them and start afresh. So that, that's potentially what will happen with people. It, it's, we don't own the companies we work for, but people think they do. And they they uh, try and stop these kinds of transformations because they realise it exposes their uh, lack of engagement and lack of work. So does um, does agile always imply that in an ideal situation a company will be quicker to market, or sometimes there are other examples where it's actually that the, the optimal solution is to go slower? Yeah. So so this the. It, so what a value is is defined by the company 
the value to the company may simply be um, having less phone calls of complaints about existing products mm. by actually increasing the baseline quality of the existing product or service. Um, so that may be the value. Uh, the, a common value is speed to market. Um, but going back to the weighted um, um, smallest job, it may well be that they're focused on the wrong things. Uh, everyone, it's, it's, I think it's a human frailty that uh, people look for the great big jobs to say, look, I delivered that. And you're thinking, how much money did you make? Uh, did you did you increase the profitability organization? Were you able to increase the profit margins? Was there a dividend because of the work you did? Mm. Or did you just spend a billion pounds and get like a hundred million back? Um, and that and that's the the the, the, the the question for the organization if they're happy to blow 900 million pounds uh, and get not much back then that's really for them to decide but it's not a great value principle so and i think that's the thing is uh, the value principles you know quicker to market more engaged staff better understanding of each other and what we do um uh, better understanding of how things can change and how they can be better uh, and often those things are um, seen as something that HR does but actually they should be part and parcel of how we work. Right okay Carl um, I have to end we have to end the podcast here um, thank you so much for your time and insights um, it's been fascinating talking to you um, yes and I Wish you well in all your future work and the companies that you, you work with. And um, thank you very thank much. You much. Thank you.